0: going on, guys? Welcome back. Clocks on the stove. Episode 71. We're going to talk a little uh conference championship recap at the NFL that happened this past Sunday. Your guest, your excuse me, your host, per usual, myself, Mr. Grayson Fisher, with me, my amazing, outstanding, almost as good looking as me co-host, Mr. Zach Watts. And we're going to just dive into this. Before we dive in, though, some some other NFL things have been happening. First of all, Tom Brady um retired today um i kind of want to zach to explain what he thinks on this i'm not sold at all on it and i understand what tom said like yeah i'm not making a big deal of it because i did like the big social media thing last year i'm still not sold on it i think he he's got another year or two in him i think he's just trying to completely get away from the bucks and he thinks this is the best way um and if he is good for him i'm not bashing him i just don't i'm not you you can only cry wolf so many times you know so I, I'm not completely sold on it yet. I'll 110% believe it when when week one of the NFL starts next year. Once there's like games are played, everything's locked, I'll be like, all right, Tom's not coming back. But as of right now, I'm not completely sold. I'm not really buying into the hype, and I'm not really uh following the coverage on it too much personally.
1: Yeah, so the way I kind of perceived this was I thought – he was going to retire last year. And I still think the only reason he came back to play last year was because Adam Schefter spoiled his retirement. I think he was so fucking salty about it that he didn't get to come out and say it himself that he was like out of spite. He was like, fuck you. Like, I'm just going to come back. Not
0: only, not only did he spoil it, he did it on Gasparilla, which is like for everyone that doesn't know what Gasparilla is. It's like a mini Mardi Gras in Tampa. And it's to like represent the pirates that like, Captured our land. It's just basically a huge parade where everyone just binge drinks. It's a really big deal in Tampa. And Adam Schefter released the news on Gasparilla. So we're all I have actually have a funny story to go into real quick, Zach. I'm sorry I know I interrupted you. Very good. Last year we're all at Gasparilla, right? Like we got a big group, we're all there. I'm wearing a Tom Brady jersey. Everyone's wearing bucks stuff. Like it's a big Tampa thing. And Tom Brady announces his retirement, or Adam Schefter doesn't. Everyone's going crazy everyone's like oh my gosh what's gonna happen what's going on yada 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 they're like oh no this isn't good so during this time period of of like brady just announced like he just got announced like everyone's going crazy my buddy michael abraham is sitting at uh we're at we're at McDittens, which is on so uh, south howard soho it's like it's like the strip in tampa of like bars and he can't get a drink to save his life it's just so packed so he goes and he like, low-key finesses. It's not like VIP, but it's like a spot where it's like really hard to get drinks. Finesses it and he sits down next to this dude and just starts small conversation with him. The guy's like, what's going on? What's your name? He's like, Oh, Michael, blah, blah, blah. They start talking, start shooting shit. The guy buys Michael's rounds. He's like, oh, it's a super friendly guy. Like, this that's awesome. Guy starts buying him shots. He starts doing shots. With this guy, they start talking about where they're from, what they like to do, what Michael does for work. Blah, blah. blah. And there's all these girls and like and like it's just, like, this guy has a lot of people with him. And Michael's like, yo, I forgot to ask, you, like, what do you do? What do you do for work? And he's like, oh, I work for the Bucks." And Michael was like, oh, nice. Like, like, are you, like, you know, a coach? Like, blah, blah. He's like, oh, no, I'm a player. He's like, what's your name? He goes, oh, I'm Kyle Trask. And just shakes Michael's hand. And Michael sat there. He got his Snapchat and everything. And Michael sat there with Kyle Trask for like the next 45 minutes just slamming shots. Because Trask also just found out that he's now the starting quarterback for the Bucks, and he is freaking the fuck out. So he's just blagging out with this random kid, Michael Abraham, he just met, and they just get shit faced at not together. Michael comes back to us. No one believes him. No one believes him. Then he fucking shows us his Snapchat, and Kyle Trask added him back. So it was kind of Jesus cool, like. But it just shows the impact that that had, you know, on like Trask, on all the people. Like, so yeah, you're right, Adam Schefter. Did fuck it. Um, Sorry to interrupt you on that with that story. I also think Aaron Rodgers coming back kind of pissed him off a little too.
1: Yeah, I I don't really think he cared about like other players. Like Aaron's younger than him too. Like he was kind of just like whatever. Obviously, I wouldn't have spite towards anyone that I like seven more Super Bowls than anyway. So like I probably wouldn't give a shit. But also back to the Michael Abraham story, I think I would also kind of be like, dude, if I was going to make a story up, why the fuck would I pick Kyle Trask? I could have said I met Tom Brady. (laughs) But nah, fuck you guys. Like, say I'm making up. I met Kyle Trask and McGintins. Like, yeah, you think I'm sitting there like, oh, the backup quarterback? That's believable. Like, yeah, I'd be like, dude, could have said Blaine Gabbert. Like, what? You would have thought that was more real. Like, nah, whatever. But um, <laughs> back to the fucking Tom Brady story at hand. Um, I also didn't believe it at first either. I was kind of just like, well, this is one of those things where like he's the reason why I thought he released it now was. He's helping the Bucks moving forward because they kind of need to know now if they're in rebuild mode or if they could need to try to restructure contracts to like stay in win now mode. Because a lot of close sources in the Tampa area have kept saying this entire year, like Brady has said he's either going to continue playing for Tampa or he's going to retire. Now, I don't know how true those are to Tom or how realistic that actually was. But you know, it appears he did keep his word. He already has a contract in place to be the highest paid. Fox sports analyst of all time, as soon as he retires. So he's immediately going to start getting into that. Another thing I'll say is the way he released the video, like he sounded very somber and like reminiscent, like a lot of thank yous, like not enough people. He can't thank. like, there's just a lot of people that have been there throughout his journey. Like you said, the cried wolf thing. I, I still think it was only done out of spite. Um, but then again, like you still have a lot of time, like there's a lot of time between now and the beginning of the season, you can say like, you know, fuck it. We're going to have one more run or, you know, a lot of things can happen between then and now. So, you know, again, my hope is that he'd come back for one more run because the dude, the dude wasn't terrible. The people that are saying that he fell off. I'm like, dude, the guy's 45 years old and played on an offense with the worst rush rushing in all of like NFL history. Oh yeah. Like, and
0: his best offensive lineman, and Tristan worst wasn't there.
1: Yeah. Sorry. So if you think like he couldn't come back and help a team make a great, like if he's on the 49ers, like, could you imagine what that 49ers team could do? Like, come on, be serious. But like, I'm just for like forever thankful for what he's done for the sport. Obviously um, in our meat writer segment, I'm going to add myself. I am the biggest Tom Brady meat writer. No one will ever top me in that skip Bayless, not even close to the level of meat writing that I could for Tom Brady. I've gotten like arguments to like where I was almost in tears when people were like, be like, Oh, well he cheated and shit. Like I, I have that level of meat riding right there. So, there's levels to this shit. I want y'all to know out there. So I put passion in my meat ride. But now, if you're the Tampa
0: Bay Bucs, Zach, are you, are you looking to draft a quarterback or are you rocking with Trask?
1: You know, I think the smartest thing you can do, in my opinion, is take the route of, let's say like a 2013 Broncos squad or you look at the 49ers or there's other teams that are still in my mind. Build a team the 20 set 2018 Eagles. Yeah. Just build a team where the only position you're missing is a quarterback. That way, all you need is one piece that can completely change your team. Even the bucks, when they had Jameis, like they had every other piece. It's just Jameis really wasn't that guy. Tom immediately came right in and fixed every, every like little nitpicking issue.
0: I don't you know? think Trask is that bad. I mean, he, I thought he was very good at UF. I think he has the potential to be very good. And I mean, dude, for what, two years, three years, he just sat behind Tom Brady you don't think he learned a thing or two? Like, yeah. you know? Um, my only thing is, is and I said this a lot this uh, this season, they didn't utilize Trask enough. Like, there's a lot of games where the Bucs were either winning or the Bucs were getting blown out. Why didn't you put him in? Get him reps. I don't think they did a good job of properly preparing him for game time. That's just my opinion. I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on. I think you do two things. I think either way, you rock with Trask. Let him do it. He hasn't failed you yet. You can't. You can't. You can't knock him off before he at least fails. You know what I mean? You either get – you rock with Trask and you get like a sixth or seventh guy in the quarterback position that has like fat but needs some work, like a Kyle Trask himself. Or you say, fuck it, build around him, and then the next year you get Caleb Williams. Or you get like a a, a top-tier quarterback rather than like a lower-tier quarterback.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. It's hard because then again, um, you know, you've been to the practices enough. You kind of get a feel if you feel a guy is ready or not to help your team. And another big issue that the Bucks face is you're still dealing with all the cap hits you had from your Super Bowl run. You send a lot of guys to a lot of big contracts. That Aren't they are increasing cap ready.
0: space by like 24 million though?
1: Maybe, but I still think, you know, they're not in the best of situations to sign any guys long-term or like bring back any guys you may need. Like they'll have their, or I believe you know guys like Mike Evans will continue mm-hmm. to resign. Yeah, Mike Evans ain't going nowhere. Yeah, guys like Levante, David and um, Devin White, those guys are going to stay. But I think Chris Godwin is more than likely gone, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. I hope they keep Bea, You know some of their studs on the defensive side of the ball because I'm still a firm believer: defensive wins championships, uh, or defense wins championships. Excuse me, but you know offense is kind of just the ice the eye test for fans across the league. So that's easy as per like what the bucks could do. Like what would the best case scenario be is maybe test free agency. Just see what it's like. You know, we've talked about Lamar coming to the box like that could be a good call. You know, if he ends up coming, fuck it, like sign him and then see what you can build around him uh, with what you have. Obviously long-term deal is going to be hard. He's probably going to be searching for a lot of money and I don't blame him, but you know, there's, there's a lot of ambiguity uh surrounding the NFL right now. Like we don't know what the league's going to look like. Tom Brady's been in the, this league since he was 20 years old. He's been in the league longer than he was living a life before he was in the league. So to put that in perspective, that's insane.
0: He's been Another, longer,
1: He's been in the league. Wait, how? He's 45. He's 45. He came in the league when he was 20. He's so been longer in the than league. we've been alive. He's been in the league more than half of his entire life. He only knows more the NFL. More than
0: our lives.
1: Yeah, more than our lives, but like his life as a forty-five-year-old man, over half of it was spent playing professional sports. Like that is yeah. ungodly. That's insane. It's it's good to think though because you know it's not like he's leaving, and you know we're like, oh, well, what's gonna happen now? Like, no, we we have our elite QBs. Like the, the league is in good hands. Essentially, is what I'm trying to get at. Like well, we the have... up and
0: comers are fire with Burrow and Patty and Josh Allen yeah. and yeah, and um, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, the league is in great hands, and it's only going to get better. You know, I was talking about this with my brother the other day. This is in terms of baseball, but when we were in high school, you know, if a guy was, like, throwing any – like, if he was throwing in the 90s, it was like, oh, he's a top prospect. Like, he's 100% going to go to the league straight out of high school. Like, there's no question about it. Dude, there's sophomores and juniors in high school that are easily hitting 95-plus now. Like, without – like, put, in, put this in perspective. Matthew Libitor and – uh there was another pitcher we're only touching like ninety one, ninety two, and they were like pg's number one ranked players at high school if you're throwing ninety you're probably not even making the all american game anymore like that's
0: great i mean that's every sport though it's going to constantly adapt yeah like, that's what i mean especially
1: with like you're going to
0: lose the dog in kids and like that dog is not going to be as big as it was when we were younger and like the generations before us but with with the science of having a personal trainer and and film study and breaking stuff down that didn't exist when our parents were. Dude, when my dad was my age, he didn't lift weights. That didn't exist. Personal trainers didn't exist. Film study didn't exist. Like, dude, I mean, think about it. Film study wasn't even introduced into MMA until George Saint Pierre, you know. And now it's now there's guys that hire coaches just to watch film. So I feel like that's an evolving thing with sports. Is is generation for generation the skill and technicality is going to get better but you might lose that like toughness and dog and kids, you know, due to that fact.
1: Yeah. I've always been a believer more so now than ever that like, it's no longer just hard work's going to get you there. Like it used to be like, yeah, like talent, talent's good, but hard work like beats talent that doesn't work hard kind of deal. But now it's like, if you don't have the talent and you're not working hard, you don't stand a chance. Like it, there's just some kids that are going to be natu- more naturally gifted than you. And it's already instilled in them from birth now that like they have to be hard workers. So like you, if you're not already towards the top of the totem pole, when you're younger, I'm not saying like, don't give it your best. Like, obviously if it's something you want to pursue, you know, the mind, the mind is the strongest tool of the body. Like if you set your mind to it, anything is, uh, anything is accomplishable. And there was a quote I sent you the other day and it was like, why would you not want to make your dreams or aspirations impossible? Cause if they were achievable anyway, don't you think anyone would be doing them or why would, don't you think they wouldn't be worth pursuing? It's like it always easy, try
0: everyone would do it.
1: Yeah. Like set your aspirations that people people laugh at you. Like if no one's laughing at your goals, I know it's so cliche and you see it like on any social media post, like being inspirational, but like, there's a reason why people say this so much. Like, it's not just out there to like bullshit you or, you know, to just uplift you. Like, no, it's supposed to be like your main mindset it should be what drives you kind of deal. But yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, but regardless of that, you know, we're not here to talk about the inspirations of life or, you know, what makes athletes great. What we are here to talk about is the NFL and the conference championship game recap. There's a lot of bullshit that went on this weekend. And a lot for of our, bullshit. Yeah. And for our conspiracy theorists in the world, you know, you just got probably the biggest help you could have because goddamn, I've never seen so much evidence in my life. I was damn near ready to lead a capital style march to Roger Goodell's office and just Stir up some bullshit because man, I was mad watching these games. But Mr. Fisher, let's just dive right into it. Why don't you lead us off with our slate of games? Only two, but you know, deep enough to talk about.
0: That Eagles 49ers game was weird, dude. Really weird because I mean, up until a minute, under two minutes left, it was seven to seven going into halftime. And then it went from within a minute 36 left in the half, it went from seven to seven to 21 to seven. All right. Quarterback injuries. That's what I – I mean, my biggest takeaways from this game, one, San Francisco's defense did a really good job at containing and doing what they could to stop the Eagles. I mean, dude, they only let 10 points in the second half, and the only reason they had that that other touchdown was because of the fumble. It was a fumble, right? It was a pick. It was a fumble, I think, right before I, the half.
1: I do I not even remember. I think I, it was a fumble. Yeah, once I saw Brock Purdy was hurt, I was like, yeah, "This game is fucking."
0: Good. Um, but the issue is, is when your deep when your offense goes three and out the entire fucking game, yeah, it's going to be a little hard for your defense to just shut out an offense. Um, the other thing we saw, yeah, we talk about it time in and time out, like you know, Kyle Shanahan does a good job and not have not needing a great quarterback, and I agree his system still works, but he still needs a quarterback. He literally did not have a quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, that definitely didn't benefit him either. On top of that, Christian McCaffrey is a fucking dog, dude. That touchdown run, he broke, like, four tackles. And he's then Jennings a- literally picks him. He's falling. Jennings pushes him up, and he just runs in the end zone. Like, Christian McCaffrey, when he's healthy, I think he's the best all-purpose overall running back in the NFL. Like, yeah, dude is seen. just a freaking monster. Um, It was unfortunate to see Brock Purdy get hurt. But I'm going to be honest. I do think the Eagles are a better team. I think I, I think the best team in the NFC is going to the Super Bowl this year. I really yeah. do. I think Jalen Hurts his command of this offense spectacular. That throw he threw to Devontae Smith and Devontae one-handed it. Disgusting. It was a drop
1: though. It was. A it was a, it was a drop.
0: It was yeah. a drop. <laughs> but they kept it. They kept it. They played with it. Yeah. Oh um, god. But yeah, I, I just think Jalen. I think this team's really coming together. I think they're doing a good job. They're coming together um what's their coach's
1: name um um Nick Sirianni
0: Sirianni I think he's a great coach I think he's doing a good job I think Jalen Hurts is the, their guy I mean I just watched a video the other day of like a, like a villain villain origin story of Jalen Hurts of like all these oh, different yeah. media guys just shit talking to him and he's just like we're gonna be good we're gonna be good great leader great young man um great story to him I think I think San Francisco is going to be all right I don't understand why they have such horrible injury issues this year and last year Um, And I don't – I think they're a great team. I just think without a quarterback, it was kind of impossible. And, dude, I'm sorry. I think Jalen Hurts is just – he is the perfect piece for that offense. He does everything they need him to do. He's not too flashy. He's not too crazy. He just plays his part, and sometimes that's all you need from a quarterback. And, you know, we talked about it last week how we're in, like, a super heavy quarterback league now where they're like, me, me, me. Jalen Hurts is the opposite of that. He's not me, me, me. He's us, us, us. And I think that's one reason that causes – their success this season is he doesn't want the spotlight. He wants them to have the spotlight.
1: Yeah. Um. I like what you said about you still think the Eagles are the best team out of the NFC and they are the most deserving representatives. I believe two things can be true. I do believe the Eagles are the best team out of there. I think they would have won the game regardless, even if Brock Party was in there. However, I will say they have had the easiest route to the Super Bowl of any team in recent memory that I can name.
0: I, w- I will say, though, real quick, I their schedule wasn't as shitty as the 49ers.
1: I'm not even talking about schedule-wise. I'm talking about just playoff games yeah. to get you there. You know, pe- a lot of times people talking about the 2017 Patriots where all they had to beat was Saxonville and, like, a shitty 8-9 playoff team. Like, obviously people get better draws, but that's what happens when you're the number one seed. Like, you get the easiest route because you played the best in the regular season. It's kind of how that works. Um but, you know, they kind of were untested throughout this whole playoff race. You know, you talk about them going against the Giants. Um, They go against the Giants, who really weren't supposed to be like a dominant playoff team. Like they were a deserving playoff team. Like they played really good this year, but, you know, not really like a Super Bowl contender worthy like team. Not a
0: franchise yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not a franchise yet. Not a Super Bowl contender yet. So they got dog walk as they should have been by the Eagles, who are proven contenders. Then they face a 49ers team who lost all their quarterbacks before the first half even ended where they were still tied, but you know, the game was pretty much over once it reached halftime. Now they're going to have to face the Eagle or uh, excuse me, the chiefs, which we'll touch on that another time, but it just goes to show like, you know, not facing quality competition in the playoffs is only going to hurt you leading up to the Super Bowl. You know, you kind of talk about it in wrestling tournaments, like you, like to the people that like, in wrestling tournaments like oh you know i want to get like the breeze bracket and just like cruise my way to the championship like dude okay sure you want to be a state placer but like if you want a chance to actually win it you want to face the top seeds early on you get them out of the way you know what the best looks like you know what it takes to beat those guys you grind it through them and then it's like all right i got through the hardest part of, hardest part of my work now i just have to finish it out it's kind of like with a workout you know you're not you're not going to fucking do all your easy shit first and then try to grind out the hardest part of your workout at the end. You already you just burned yourself out doing all the easy shit. So don't, I used don't to have do a, that. I used
0: to have a coach that was like, you know, because you have kids like when the state brackets come out or NCAA brackets come out, they're like freaking out. What draws do I have? And I had a coach that was like, if you want to be the best in the country, you have to prove you can beat everyone. So it doesn't yeah. matter what your draw is. It doesn't matter if you're the number one kid first. It, you have to beat them eventually. You know, it's like you can try to run all your whole life. You're never going to become great. You have to eventually beat them. So, fuck your draw, fuck whatever happens. Like You have to beat them eventually. You want to prove you the best, you got to beat anybody at any given time. Now, I do agree the Eagles' schedule was a little easy, but they did a pretty good job at separating the gap, though. It wasn't like they were barely winning, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, you know, I mean, I think I've said enough about the Eagles and their part. As for the 49ers, I'll just touch on them a little bit. You know, they had a great season. Obviously, injuries are – just not good. You know, maybe it, it maybe it's the curse of Kaepernick. I'm surprised I haven't seen people calling it the curse of Kaepernick because that's kind of how I see it. It's like kind of like, damn, like you got a lot of flack over letting Colin Kaepernick go and suddenly you're just having a whole lot of quarterback issues. Like that's kind of fucking weird. Like
0: the curse of Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, that, that doesn't help you out now, given it no one's still on that 49 49ers roster or ownership still is, but no one's like coaching wise or on the roster still that deserves the unfortunate circumstances that they've been dealt. But, you know, you have to deal with the cards you're dealt. Shit happens. True teams find a way. Like, winners find a way, Just how it is. Not saying they aren't winners, you know. If anything, I would have put uh, Christian McCaffrey in there. I saw him getting the quarterback helmet already. I'm like, shit, if Christian McCaffrey throws a goddamn throwing touchdown, I'm going to have to put this man as MVP myself. Like, this yeah. is some crazy shit I'm witnessing.
0: They should have just ran the wildcat with him and
1: Debo the rest of the game. 100 percent, hundred percent. I think it would have worked, dude. Fuck it. It, run it worked the week. better than
0: what happened. They didn't score another fucking point, so.
1: Nah, fuck that. What I would have done is I would have put Christian McCaffrey under center. I would have put Elijah Mitchell behind him. I would have lent Debo on the left as like, like a wing, wing T. Yeah. Left wing and then right wing. I would have put George Kittle and I would have just run the wing T the entire time.
0: Dude, it honestly, it honestly <laughs> done, it might have helped them out a little.
1: Yeah, because honestly. People, people love shitting on the wing team, Like, oh, wing T is just a high school offense for, like, when you don't have any talent, you're just trying to expose, like, teams' weaknesses. and like, yeah, they were out of fucking quarterback talent, bro. Like, I'm sorry. but <laughs> yeah, they- <laughs> no one else. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they had talent everywhere else except in the one position you kind of needed to win football games. So I was like, you might as well have just fucking ran the wing tee and called up Navy quarterback. I was literally saying as I was watching the game, I was, like, enjoying a few beers. I was like, what if, like, I was like, what if Colin Kaepernick just comes sliding down from, like, the skyline no, Joe Montana.
0: Joe Montana tweeted, "I'm in the parking lot warming up. Let me know when you're <laughs> ready."
1: <laughs> oh god, yeah, that would be funny. But another thing I did want to discuss about this game is the public outcry about people bitching that Brock Purdy did not come back into this game. How like they saw the video of him saying, "I can't do the wall," and they're like, "Oh, like Rick Flair tweeted." He was like, "I got in a I saw plane." That, yeah, he's like, saw "I got in a plane that. crash." Like, get your ass back in the game. For those of you that don't know what a torn UCL is, that is what happens when in baseball a player tears their UCL, which runs right here through yeah, your it's elbow. the inside, right? Yep, yep. It's right here. It's the joint ligament, whatever. I'm pretty sure it's the ligament that runs through the back of your arm, through your elbow. It's pretty much what controls you throwing the ball. It handles how hard you grip. Yeah, it's that last second. Yeah, like if you throw. need to – yeah. When you tear that, you can't lift your arm, you can't squeeze your hand, your arm's gone. Your arm is gone. You can't do anything. The fact that he threw two passes with the torn UCL, unfucking believable. Like unreal. I have no idea how he even convinced himself he could do that because I've seen players tear their UCLs in-game and they immediately drop to the ground, thriving in pain, like holding onto their arm. Like it, they they all claim it feels like getting your arm set on fire. I've seen people say, Oh, you know, Josh. Josh Allen sustained the same injury and he played through it. No he did not. Josh Allen strained and or sprained his UCL, which is nowhere near I pitched 7 innings on a strained UCL. I've done that. I have I pitched it. Yeah, I hurt like a bitch, but guess what? You can get it fucking done. And guess what? You're not throwing a football. Okay, I'm not saying I did, but like <laughs> other pitchers throw the baseball at 90 plus miles an hour and you know they pitch through strains. You're throwing a football. 60 miles an hour max now it is heavier given but you're using more rotator cuff anyway but that's not the point the point i'm getting at is it's not the fucking same you could throw a football with a strain or a sprain if it's completely torn you don't have a ligament connecting your arms together so you can't so i don't know why people were bitching at him about not battling through an injury like all right uh go go uh, run 200 meter dash or 100 meter dash uh with uh no acls now I would have said go wrestle, but then I do remember Spencer Lee did wrestle without you uh to ACL. So that that Yo, obviously but my thing is too is like much. you
0: think you think Brock Purdy just didn't want to go back in. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. that's what I don't understand. You think the kid was like, oh God, you know what, guys? It's all on you. Like, I'm straight. Like guys, he obviously wanted to play. Like he obviously wanted to do everything he could. He just fucking couldn't. Like, yeah. I hate like you think he was just like, he didn't want, oh, coach, I'm done for the day, man. Like, no, he obviously fucking tried, and he did go back in. Yeah. But, like, I don't I don't get why people are getting that mad about it. And Ric Flair, you were so high on cocaine when you did all that shit. It's so yeah. different. It's so yeah. different.
1: <laughs> like, dude, you literally told us a story about how you downed, like, two 24-packs before your plane even landed, and you want me to assume that drugs weren't involved anywhere yeah, in that scenario yeah, between that yeah, plane fight? Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Regardless, I just,
0: it's just unfortunate. It was just an unfortunate situation. It was an uncontrollable. Yeah, always, I think, I have a coach that always says control your controllables. That's an uncontrollable.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing that just kind of pisses me off about it is like no one made a comment like I guess crediting him for even trying to play through it rather they just got mad. But yet I saw the entire social media trying to dick ride Patrick Mahomes about his sprained ankle game. It's a sprained fucking ankle. Look, I'm going to say I'm not going to say like a sprained ankle doesn't hurt, but dog it's a sprained ankle. It's not, it's not completely like,
0: all right, look, uh, uh, a high ankle sprain is hell. That sucks. But you don't, if we're going to break it down to a (laughs) T, you don't need to run as a quarterback. Yeah. You need to throw. You need to throw. That's the difference. Like, like Patty could have gotten away. I mean, yes, I understand he's an athletic quarterback. He uses his feet a lot. That's a very big like deal for him. But in technicality, he does not have to run. He only needs to throw. You need to throw. You can't fucking not throw. You know what I mean? Like, this ain't fucking Georgia Tech. Wing tease, fucking run the option. Like, he needs to fucking throw.
1: Yeah. If anything, it just reminds me of, like, if you want to talk about a true warrior, take me back to that Marshall quarterback that completely blew his shit out yeah. and would throw a pass <laughs> and just get carried. If Patrick Mahomes really was that hurt, they would have fucking just winged him down. Like, you can't, you can't have a guy stand back there with – Brock Purdy and like hold his arm and shoulder. And they're going to be like, all right, we're just going to like throw it for you. We're just going to whip you arm and you're going to get it there. Like, no, it doesn't fucking work like that. So get over yourselves. And like people, the people that were saying like, oh my God, it's the sprained ankle game. Like it's like Mahomes masterclass performance. Shut the fuck up. It, it's a sprained ankle. Like I'm not saying sprained ankles aren't bad. Trust me. I've had my fair share. I've had severe ligament damage in my fucking ankles when I played summer ball. Like it's fine. It hurts like a bitch. But it it's is doable, what it is but it's doable it, it's doable it's doable it like, sucks it th- but it's doable yeah like it is what it is fuck it it probably hurts but do you have any idea how much drugs they have readily available to oh, make dude, sure they probably quote his
0: own the fuck out of that ankle
1: yeah guess what even if i put as much drugs as i wanted him to brock Purdy's arm it still doesn't control the fact he can't fucking squeeze it yeah it's
0: just not there like it's literally yeah, like, it doesn't exist
1: he's like i don't know man not <laughs> it's not banging Coach, I now don't feel things, any pain, but I can't use my hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rodgers played off a of perk thirty; he technically still beat Chicago. So, I'd say the perk game is way more honorable than the sprained ankle game, in my honest, <laughs> in my honest opinion. The perk game, because I'm not saying I'm not saying anything, but fucking people off perks do not act like normal humans. The fact that this man was able to lead an NFL team off a of perk—that is insane to me. Yeah. Now, and I and know it because I saw his, dots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this man was like definitely not in it but he was in it like
0: he was like ah oh, fucking Devonte there somewhere just fucking yeah
1: yeah he's like aj dylan like i don't know what play i don't know how he even got a play call like understood what was being called and was like yes yes he's like yeah since we already tapped into the patty lost. let's just go on to our next game
0: so yeah. my take from it first of all joe burrow is Unfucking believable, dude. On uh, if he if if the Bengals had their full healthy starting O line, they run through Kansas City in this game. In my opinion, the first half what was the what was the score after after the going into the first half? First half was thirteen to six Chiefs, but it yeah. felt like it was thirty five to zero. Like yeah. the three and ounce nonstop for Joe Burrow. He was getting hit every single play, regardless if it was a sack or not. They couldn't get their offense going. Like I said, it was only 13 to 6, but it felt like it was 35 to 0 game over. That's how I felt going at at halftime. Yeah. I was like, this game's done. They can't do anything. Like it's GG's. Like they're just not going to be able to do anything. Second half, I don't know what the fuck they said or what Joe Burrow did, but they turned it on. Their defense was hitting Patty. They were all over him. They were getting pressure. Good, good coverages. Their offense was moving down the field like big drives, not like Oh, crazy breaking yard play. No, like good drives, good football. And then we had the very end of the game, the last 10 minutes, where it was like, what does the NFL want to win this game?
1: You mm. know, it was a
0: lot of no calls, a lot of stupid calls. Mm. Um, Let's just dive into it real quick. They played five. They had a five-down drive. Yeah. They got mm. five downs.
1: That's crazy. Okay. That's crazy.
0: Also, do I think – Uh, What was the guy's name? Osaya, the guy that pushed uh, Patty? Yeah, Osaya.
1: Osaya, whatever. Do
0: I think he should have done that? Absolutely not. Absolutely. But I don't think you throw a flag and throw the game on that. If anything, you make it a later down the game. Over time, we'll fuck you later on. But he doesn't, like, shove Patty. He just, like, runs and, like, touches him. And if you want – He blew his knee out. He blew his fucking knee out. If you go back and watch, they, they hit ankles, and that's why they fall. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't shove Patty down. He touches him, and then they hit ankles, and he falls. And then to go after this kid who's younger than us, Zach. He's younger than you and I, and just shit on him when he had such a good game and tear him apart. I'm sorry, but I will forever, for the rest of my life, defend him and defend the state. The statement that games are not won or lost on one play. They're yeah. not. Yeah. There's. We could go through that game and go over scenario after scenario after scenario where they fucked it up. They fucked up. Shit happened. Games are not won or lost on one play. For a game to be won and also one play, that means every single drive and play going up to that was perfect. And that was not the case. That wasn't the case. I mean, dude, they scored six points in the first half. That wasn't the case. Super soft fucking flag by that ref, in my opinion. You don't throw the game on that. But I, as I get older, I start thinking that Vegas rigs more things. The NFL, I, I think all sports are rigged to an extent, and there's just money moves everything, and I do believe in that. And this was one of those games where it was like kind of hard to not be a conspiracy theorist. You know, it was yeah. like it was like this is just a little too obvious. That's just my personal opinion on it. Um, I also would have rather seen a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl than a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl, in my opinion.
1: Yep. So I'll just kind of I'm gonna just keep it to the game at first, and then I'll get more into my like whole debacle that is the NFL ranking ship, but you know every game the chiefs and the bengals have played so far it's the exact same it's the exact same the chiefs play a unbelievable first half and the bengals somehow keep it manageable but like you said it felt like it was a lot worse than it actually was it's how it, it's how it was every time you can go watch every game prior the chiefs just have an unreal game plan coming out of half but then the bengals just always make adjustments coming into the second half like they just find ways to adjust find ways to play harder better like it just it ends up working out for them and that's just a credit to, you know, Zach Taylor and the kind of system that they've had. And it is what it is. I completely agree with you. Games don't come down to one player, one penalty. Um, Osai, it's completely, you know, regrettable. I know you'll probably look back on that moment for the rest of your career and have regrets about that.
0: life, dude. The rest of his life.
1: Yeah, but regardless, you know, I'm a firm believer that God gives you, like, trials and tribulations in order to overcome them you have to go through certain moments in your life in order to grow as a person. So if anything, I feel like this is a great moment for you to try to either take a step up as a player or as a person. Like you'll find you'll find some way to learn from this, but you're gonna have to like do some old your own soul searching yourself. And it I also think it was a great testament that goes to show like how much that team has each other's backs. Um I forget the player that stood with him Bill in his something.
0: locker. Yeah, Bill Bill something or something Bill. Yeah. I know you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um badger knows on my part, not. Uh, knowing his name prior, but just the fact that he stood there with them during a really during a really tough interview. By the way, um, the fact that he has to sit there and answer interview questions after committing a foul like that, but a ref doesn't have to sit there and answer. Yeah, but the ref doesn't questions. have to
0: explain why he threw the flag or why half the shit in that game
1: happened. Yeah, but we'll touch on that later. We'll we'll get back to that. Um, just goes to show that like we do a terrible job of humanizing these players. We just kind of throw them out there and expect them to just handle everything on the chin for some reason. I don't know why we do that. I don't know why we continue to devalue players. I think so when you much. win,
0: I think when you win, it should be mandatory. I think when you lose, it should be optional to do media.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I mean, it, cause it's always, I mean, you're always thankful for guys that are able to sit down and be very like cognitive and aware of their situation given a loss. Cause like, let's be honest, in any aspect of life, if you lose something or you don't succeed per se, it's very hard to come to terms with that right away. It's a very unsettling feeling. And, you know, we're not, we're not taught from birth to be losers. You know, we wish we could handle losses better through age, but that comes with maturity and experience. You know, any great athlete will tell you the reason why they're so successful is because they failed so many times before that. So, you know, to fail in a moment like that, like it's going to, it's not something you can come to terms with right away, especially with the stage that they were on. So the fact that they were able to sit and answer interview questions um, accordingly, like huge respects to those guys. Um, Zach Taylor, even in his post game conference, you know, how fucking upset he was, he was with officiating, you know, he didn't make it about the officials post game. He congratulated the other team. He was very respectful, um, gave their kudos. It is what it is now. Now's my time to kind of go off on the officiating for this fucking game because holy shit, I've never been so mad in my life watching a football game because here's what pisses me off more. And we're not even even,
0: the thing is too is we're not even Bengals fans.
1: Exactly. No, that, that is my number one point is I don't even have a dog in the fight. Like I'm not, I'm just trying to watch a good football game. Like I'm just trying to sit there as a fan and enjoy the product. And on the biggest stage, I had to watch the shittiest product get devalued because your fucking officials want to make it about them and insert themselves into games and moments that they don't need to be. Well, am I disagreeing that that hit wasn't a uh, rough in the past or whatever? No, sure. It does fit the rule. You can't throw a flag in that situation. Do I wish he wouldn't have? Yes. Are we going to talk about the three miss blocking the backs on the punt return that set them up at the 50 yard line? Are we going to talk about the two or three miss holding calls on the final drive that helped set them up? When he's fucking uh the tight end, and he's literally gets tackled before the ball touches his hand. Yeah, literally, like <clears throat> so many moments in the game where you could have thrown flags and I they called... played
0: five plays. They had a five play drive.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. The fact that they were like the the fact that some fans were like, oh, but even if they would have completed it, like they would have still called it dead anyway. No, they wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't have. I'm a hundred percent would have bet my heart and soul that if we would have gone into the matrix and they would have done that play over and they would have gotten the first down, how much you want to bet? No one would have blown a whistle. They're just been like, I'm like, all right, balls was already set. Yeah. balls was set. Oh shit, It happens. Like, no, get the fuck out of here, man. That, And I'm, I can't believe I didn't see this beforehand because the way I saw it was, you know, there's too many narratives that make sense for a, Chiefs Eagles super bowl that I was gonna be like nah the NFL's gonna pull it under the rug. Like no one thinks Patty's gonna go oh and three, like it's too obvious. Like the Bengals are gonna win this, like and 0-3. just and prove four, it brother. Yeah, but they were 0-3 before the game, so like they yeah. were gonna get yeah, go 0-4. So then I was like, you know, it's too obvious. And then it was just right in front of me the whole time. Of course, they were of course they were gonna fucking roll with the narrative of oh, Patty can't our golden child can't lose four in a row to Joe Burrow. Oh, we have two, we have our first two. Black quarterbacks uh in the Super Bowl, which obviously is a great achievement. Um yeah, awesome. we'll, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch on that a little, but it just shows that like it's just more narratives that they can feed on. Cause what narrative would there have been for a uh, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts Super Bowl?
0: LSU Alabama rivalry.
1: Yeah. Like and did they even play each other? Like, did they even play mm. against each other? Yeah, exactly. So like nothing really there. But oh, with Chiefs Eagles, you get to say you to say, "Oh my God, Andy Reid's facing his old team that he brought to the Super Bowl, and, and oh, his we first have,
0: game as the Eagles' coach was in that Arizona Stadium.
1: Yeah, at Arizona Stadium, and yeah. oh my God, we got we got Jalen Hurts who has such a great story, and no one believed in him, and now he gets to play in the Super Bowl, and yada 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 yada, all this fucking bullshit. Oh my God, it's two number one seeds playing each other. Like, get the pop off my dick, bro. Yeah, it's you, they tr- push this narrative so fucking hard. I'm gonna sit to the day I die that. The NFL 100% rigged some games. And I'm even more believing in it because the fact that now you see all these sports books have full sponsorships with organizations. you fucking kidding me?
0: Did you see did Alvin Camara's tweet the next day? What did he say? He tweeted on Monday, not Sunday, the, the day after. And he's like, All right, what happened? I don't really watch football anymore. I heard something about the refs losing their game in the conference championship because that's what they're (laughs) saying
1: yeah god damn that was an that was another moment where i thought it was rigged not so much the Patriots side but definitely for the rams just so they could show like it's the rematch of the greatest show on turf yeah like it like that's why like i i felt like they don't necessarily rig it for matchups they just rig it for teams and like what kills me is like like the people that try to go against saying it's rigged it's like oh it's like brock purdy getting the script for this game, like no, they don't rig it for the players. There's too many players you'd have to pay off and keep under wraps. Like you think Antonio Brown wouldn't have exposed it if it was. Well, I mean,
0: Foster said on part of my take, he's like, Yeah, a lot of this shit's fucking rigged. but there was literally a documentary on Netflix that goes in the detail of all the NBA refs that used to yeah. fucking bet and change shit in games. Well, you know, that's per and, and that's that's per- that's the other point I want to make real quick. We're not upset with the Chiefs, we're not upset with Patty, it's not their fault. It was the refs. You know, and I have a buddy, Alex, who trains with me in MMA. He's a Florida high school state wrestling ref. And he's a collegiate ref, too. And he's like, my job as a ref is to be as little involved as possible. I just want to keep it flowing. I don't want to be a factor in it. And this game, the refs were the third team. Like, they were a legitimate factor in the game. Like, they made shit happen. A ref shouldn't be making things happen. They should just be coasting the game along.
1: Yeah. And – You know, you brought it up perfectly. Like, um, we're not mad at the Chiefs, but it's hard not to be because it's the same reason why the people hate the Patriots so much. Because, like, the NFL did so many things that just happened to coincide with an already better team. Like, the Chiefs are a great team, just like the Patriots were. But when you're already helping out the better teams with calls that seem shouldn't go their way, it just makes it hard for fans to root for them or to, like, even want to take their side because it feels undeserving. Like, Patriots had the tough rule game, which what people went to a fucking frenzy over for years. And then now with the Chiefs, you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, well, now they have, you know, the rough in the passer, like, call, like, shit like that. It's super annoying. And that's another thing, like, I don't think it's rigged for the players. I think all games are rigged through officiating. And my best example of this is I think over-unders on games are heavily influenced. And the way you can tell, next time you watch an NFL game, you can tell whether or not the over-unders bet because notice if the penalties are to progress drives to keep them going to score or if there are uh, penalties that stunt drives, like a lot more holding calls, delay of games, roughing the passers, pass interference, stuff along those lines that cause you to like kill drives. Because let's be honest, it's already hard enough to convert in three plays 10 yards dude a holding penalty gives you an additional 10 yards do you know how fucking impossible that is to overcome that and extend a drive from that it's borderline impossible i'm sorry it's i think it's ridiculous i don't know why holding penalties are still 10 yards what i think is is i think where wherever the holding call was it should it should be like Within five yards, like I think it should just be a five yard penalty.
0: I think it depends like, on, I think it also depends on the severity and the impact of the hold. If the hold okay. happens, if 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 I roll out right, <clears throat> throw an out route right to the right, whole play happens over here, and there's a hold call on the receiver all the way on the left side. They're not right. supposed
1: to call that. They're not even supposed to call that. Yeah, it's in like, the rules. I know, but like, but they, but they are. But, but they, they exactly they are. Exactly. And that's what kills me. is, like I can go back through every single football game. There's a, there's probably a hold on more than half the plays. Yeah. But oh, if it doesn't
0: actually impact the play that's happening, it's it's, it's irrelevant.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you're telling me that games aren't rigged because suddenly that one holding call to happen on the other side of the field that's never supposed to be called suddenly just gets called in the fourth quarter during a very meaningful game. Oh, you know, well, like it's part of the book, so we have to call it. You never you never called that. Uh, during Dude, on the, on the right right punt return,
0: there was, I don't remember what player it was, but he literally just got blown up. Blown behind. up. Behind. Yeah. Right in front of them, like yeah. right in front of like them. right in front of the play, like the camera was on. Like there's a ref right there. Like
1: here's not, here's another thing I don't I don't believe. And sorry I missed this about the Eagles uh, 49ers game. We have cameras everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. You're telling me not one camera caught or missed a punt hitting a sky cam.
0: Yeah, I know. Right, that was weird.
1: You don't have one fucking camera. I. We have random cameras that are pointed to the sky for no fucking reason. And I've seen multiple camera angles of cameras tracking a ball, tracking the ball when it's punted in 4K, when it leaves the foot all the way into where it's caught. And suddenly, just on that one punt, they immediately get a call on. Yeah, we have no definitive uh, video. That the the ball, ball just goes, eh like that's yeah. not science. You you're telling me you couldn't even go check the skycam and see if the camera fucking bobbled during the yeah. same time that the ball kicked. Like you can't tell me that's not justifiable evidence. Like are you fucking kidding me? That's that's nothing. We're we're way too advanced to not have a system where we have not good enough camera angles. We don't have dude and soccer there's chips inside the balls.
0: I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know why they don't do that in football.
1: Yeah. I
0: Aren't they starting to do that in baseball too now?
1: Yeah, like, of course it is because you pick up RPM, shit like that. Like, it's in everything. Because you can
0: get actual facts and not human error of the eyeball. You can get, this is where the ball was.
1: Yeah, let me, yeah, let me also help you with this case. You know, when we have those goal line stops and there's literally 40 fucking bodies and you can't tell if the guy actually crossed the goal line. Hey, if you had a chip in the ball, you could literally have a laser line on the goal lines going from pylon to pylon. And then if that chip, Crosses Absolutely. that little line, you'll yeah, you'll know. Like in fucking soccer. Why? Oh, oh, but uh, you know that. Let me guess. Your excuse is it's too expensive. Yeah, didn't you just quadrillion dollar company? How much? How much was your deal with FanDuel? I'm sorry, a billion fucking dollars. Where? What am I missing here? It's where my it sucks. Yeah. So um a non-sus
0: sus. thing real quick. I want to give a shout out to T. Higgins because he really stepped the fuck up when Jamar Chase was uh not doing it. And I want to give a shout out to Isaiah Pacheco. Dude, that guy is he is showing he's their guy. You know, they thought Clyde Edwards Halar was gonna be their guy. Isaiah Pacheco showed the fuck up and proved that he's he's the Chiefs guy now.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I love the thing I was seeing about Pacheco. You know, he always runs like it's, it's his last play. All yeah, the time. he runs like people trying to kill him every time. Yeah, and it it's insane to me. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think that covers everything from just the conference championship game perspective. I want to add one more thing. Um, so the Tennessee Titans are making a switch to synthetic turf. I don't understand it we have
0: the amount of injuries and science behind it that show that the turf. So
1: so much evidence that shows that turf doesn't give enough like leeway and give to your knees. Like it's not very forgiving in a sport that is dominated by these gigantic men making stop on a dime cuts. Like your knees aren't built to take that much stuff. And we have so much evidence now increasing evidence that show, um, yeah, that people are just are getting injured way too much due to like ACL and knee injuries. On turf, being on grass, it's like, oh, nah, they're fine. Like, wh- I don't get it because, number one, if you're saying it's too hard to upkeep, bullshit, you're a multi-million dollar organization. You can pay for fucking lawn care. I'm sorry. Um, it is what it is. Even if, even if you had to pay for new sod every goddamn game, do it. I don't care. Um, I just don't. Now, if it's a, a practice facility, I understand. Well,
0: I understand like, having one for practice because if you're playing on an away game that has turf, you need to be practicing on turf.
1: Yeah. Now, they That's did say – That's what a Jesuit.
0: They, they have the turf field and they have a whole uh, grass field behind the bleachers. And depending on if it was a home or away game, you'd practice on the different field.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say this this isn't like a normal turf field it isn't rubber this is the new uh technology featuring monofilament so it's like a helix turf with organic infill which helps um retain moisture comparative to like synthetic fields like natural grass so it will be a little different i'm interested to see how this monofilament is supposed to help out maybe it does give more give maybe it doesn't um you know i think it's proven good but you know, if they're still seeing, num- like, injury increases, they need to just ban banter fields altogether. Yeah, I, I don't care. I, I, think it's so, I think it's so stupid. I, I think it only puts more players at risk. You know, the shelf life for players in the NFL is already too short to begin with. We talk about the dangers. We talk about the on-field dangers of, like, CT and stuff like that. I think financial literacy, financial literacy is one of the hardest things to overcome once you retire um, across all sports. So I think that isn't taught as much as it needs to be either. But regardless, you know, the reason we have the reason we try to start these dialogues is because if we become pissed off about it, the players become pissed off about it. It gets fixed and they have a chance to not only better their lives on the field, but off the field as well. So other than that, I don't think I have anything more to bitch about today. I've gotten my fair share. This is my therapy for sports talk. Yes, very
0: therapeutic podcast today. Yes, very, very therapeutic. Episode 71. Check us out. Conference Championship recap. We will have a Super Bowl podcast coming soon with a special guest. Tune in for that. Be ready. Champions, clocks on the stove. Over and out.